Welcome to the Caleb Schaefer Podcast. We're so glad to have you join us today. Pastor Caleb is a graduate of the World Harvest Bible College, as well as Ohio Christian University. And his desire is to share the love of God with a lost and dying world. Prepare to be challenged and encouraged today through the study of God's Word. Now let's listen in to today's episode with our host, Caleb Schaefer. If you will, turn with me to 1 Samuel tonight. 1 Samuel. And we're going to go to chapter 17. 1 Samuel 17. And we're going to go down to verse 25. A lot of people will recognize this story, but I want to hit it from a slightly different angle tonight. 1 Samuel 17, starting at verse 25. The Bible says this, The men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come to defy Israel. And it will be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches, will give him his daughter, and will make his father's house exempt from taxes in Israel. David spoke to the men that stood by him, saying, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away this reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should divide the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way, saying, So will it be done to the man who kills him. Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he had spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why have you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the evil of your hearts. For you have come down that you might see the battle. David said, What have I done now? Was it not only a word? And he turned from him towards another and spoke in the same way. And the people answered him again as the first. When the words which David spoke were heard, he reported them to Saul. He reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. David said to Saul, Your servant was a shepherd for my father's flock. And the lion came, and the bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and struck him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I took hold of his beard, struck him, and killed him. And your servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be as one of them, because he has reviled the armies of the living God. David said, The Lord who delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And David, Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Father God, I thank you tonight for your word. I thank you tonight, God, that your word is a promise to us, that it is a word, God, that we can rely on, that we can draw strength from, that, God, we can listen to and apply to our lives. And if we'll apply it to our lives, God, we will be strong. And, God, we'll see miracle-working power. And we'll see our lives changed in ways that we never could have thought and we never could have imagined. So, God, right now, I pray that we would open our hearts and open our 
our minds to what it is that you have to speak to us tonight. And God, that we would hear your word, not just with our ears, but God, we would hear your word with our hearts. God, tonight, speak to us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So here we see this story of the little shepherd boy. And Goliath is out in the middle of this, this field yelling obscenities, screaming obscenities, yelling at the people of Israel, and screaming blasphemies about God. And little David shows up on the scene. Little David shows up on the scene and he starts talking to the men of Israel, the army of Israel. And the army of Israel says, hey, hey, have you, have you seen this guy out here? Hey, have you seen this giant out here who's, who's mocking us? And mocking God, and have you seen how big he is? And how you have you seen how how nasty he is? Have you seen how strong he is? My goodness, he's strong! And all the army of Israel just standing there, looking at each other, saying, "Man, he's a big guy. He's just really big. He's just really scary." The army of Israel, the people that that had been chosen, the people who had been chosen to fight. These weren't these weren't just uh, these weren't just little wimpy guys. These weren't just little warriors. These weren't just little guys that had never been to war. These were the warriors of Israel. These were the best that Israel had to offer. These were the top guns. These were these were the top brass of Israel. These were the ones who had been trained in, and skilled in fighting. They had been they had been uh, through boot camp and they had been through some battles and they had some stripes on their uniforms because they had been through some stuff and now all of a sudden Goliath is out in the field and Goliath is screaming all this stuff and, and the top military leaders of Israel and the top people in Israel's army are all standing around looking at each other saying man have you seen that guy boy he's scary boy he's a big guy my goodness what are we going to do about him And all of Israel's army was afraid of Goliath, the Philistine. The best Israel had to offer were afraid of Goliath. And then they started to say how good it would be to kill him. They started to say how amazing it would be, all the rewards that they would receive. Boy, whoever kills that guy, they're going to get riches and, and the king's daughter will be theirs and, and they'll be exempt from paying taxes and they'll be exempt from all this. They might, Their sons might not even have to go into the military. Boy, whoever kills Goliath, they're going to have a great time of it. They're, they're going to be set for life. Yet not one of them would step out and do it. Not one of them would step out and do it. And then all of a sudden, little David shows up. As everyone's looking around at each other, wondering who's going to do the deed, little David shows up and he says, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go out and kill Goliath. I'm not scared. I'm not worried about it. I'm not here to preach to you tonight about how David killed Goliath. We all know that story. I'm not here tonight to tell you about 
how he took the stones and how he went out and put it in the sling and killed Goliath. I want to talk to you tonight for a few minutes about what David had to go through before he went out to kill Goliath. Because there's a lot that David went through before he ever got out on the battlefield with Goliath. That was the climax of the story. But David, in order to get to that point where he killed Goliath, went through a lot. You see, David's brothers were, were all strong, and they were all these big guys. They all looked like they were, they were just ready to go to fight, and they were ready to go to war. And, and, and Eliab was one of them, and, and David went to talk to him, and the Bible tells us that he was, he was tall and he was strong in 1 Samuel chapter 16. He was one of the big brothers. He was, he was the biggest one. He, he had all, all the strappings. He just looked like he was going to whoop up on somebody. He looked like he was an American gladiator or one of those, those wrestler types that just would go out and just beat up on it. Anybody. And then David comes over to him and David says, hey, why isn't anybody going out and fighting him? Why isn't anybody, why, why aren't one of you big guys going out and fighting him? Who is this guy? And Eliab gets, gets mad at David. He got mad when David questioned him. Yet he, there he was standing, this big strapping guy, this muscular guy, this tall guy that, that, that could have gone out and taken on Goliath, but he was too afraid. And we find in 1 Samuel 16 here that David had already been anointed to be king. A chapter earlier, we see David anointed by Samuel to be king. And, and, and David had already had the oil poured on him to be king. So, so David had already a knowledge that he was going to be king. He was already anointed. And we see in this storyline how Samuel went over to Jesse's house and he lined up all of Jesse's boys. He lined up Eliab and Abinadab and Shammah and all the rest of them. And when they lined them up, there were only seven. And Jesse stood there real proud of his boys and Samuel went down the line to anoint the king and, and Samuel was going down the line and God spoke about each one. Eliab, no, that's not the one. Uh, Abinadab, that must be him. No, that's not the one. And Shammah, that must be him. No, that's not the one. And every single one down to the seventh one, God said, that's not the next king. And finally, Samuel looked at Jesse and said, you got anybody else? Is there anybody else that you have in your household? Is there another boy that you have in your household? Is there one more male maybe that you have in your household? And Jesse said, yes. I got one more. He's out in the field with the sheep. And so they sent for David. And David was out in the field. And 1 Samuel 16 12 tells us or, the Bible tells us yes in 1 Samuel 16 12 But they sent for David. He was the last one picked. The Bible says this, so he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with beautiful eyes and good appearance. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came on David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. 
You know, a lot of people, when they picture little David, they picture him as this strong little boy, this this strapping young man who was skinny and who, who had it all together and he came in from the field, he was red haired and freckled and he, he just looked like he was ready to go. But I kind of like to picture David a little more like one of us, maybe a little bit more like, like me. Maybe maybe David had, had some freckles and maybe David was a little pudgy. Maybe David was kind of not, he didn't fit in with the rest of the guys because David didn't look like the rest of them and, and David didn't fit in with the rest of them because because he wasn't as strong, he wasn't as big, he was just a little guy. David was the last one picked for the team. You ever felt like you were the last one picked for the team? I remember back in school, we used to pick teams. Think about that, some of you, it's been way back when. But they used to pick teams in school and and there'd be somebody on each side and they'd start picking out teams and they'd pick out their team members based on who was the strongest and who was the fastest. They'd pick out their team members and then there'd always be people left at the end. The people who weren't quite as athletic. <laughs> the people like me. People who couldn't quite run as fast. I always liked there was an old song called Right Field. It said Saturday summers when I was a kid, we'd go to the schoolyard and here's what we did. We'd pick out the captains and call out the teams. It was always a measure of my self-esteem. Because the fastest, the strongest, played shortstop and first. The last ones they picked were the worst. I never needed to ask. I knew it was sealed. I just took up my place in right field. Here in right field, it's easy, you know, because you can be awkward and you can be slow. That's why I'm here in right field. Just watching the dandelions grow. David was that kid. So I can relate to David. David was the last one picked for the team. He is completely impossible. God will not use David because David doesn't fit what we think God should use. David doesn't fit the agenda that we know God has to use. David doesn't look like a preacher. David doesn't look like a king. David doesn't look like anybody else who would be an authority. David doesn't look like he could wield a sword or, or ride a horse. David's just out with the sheep. He stinks sometimes because he smells like the sheep and, and David's a little dirty because he's out with the sheep all the time. Maybe David's a little out of shape. Well, can I tell you something? God likes to use the Davids. God likes to use the ones that nobody else wants to pick. God likes to use the people that God likes to use because he, he knows that those kind of people are the people who don't come with anything. They don't come with any preconceived ideas. They don't come with any sort of feeling that they have any power in and of themselves. They come knowing that whatever they do has to be God. 
because they have nothing in and of themselves that God could use. There is no power in and of themselves that God could use. And David was one of the ones, he was the last one picked for the team. He couldn't possibly be the one. He was left out of the group during the anointing. Eliab looks and says that David, there's no way that you can go out there and fight. There's no way that you can go out there and fight Goliath. And Saul looks at David and says, there's absolutely no way you're just a little boy. And they give him all the reasons. So before David ever had the chance to face Goliath, before David ever had the opportunity to go out and fight Goliath with a sling and a stone, David had to make his way through all the naysayers and all the haters and all the people speaking negativity about him. And David had to even make it through his own family. David had to make it through his own family because his family was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, you can't be king. There's no way. His family said, there's no way you can go out there and fight Goliath. There's absolutely no way. And sometimes, church, your family's the worst ones. Sometimes, church, your family's the ones who will have the worst things to say about you. Look at what Eliab had to say about David. Eliab said, I know you're full of pride. I know all about you, David. There's a reason we didn't bring you out to be anointed. There's a reason you can't go out there. I know your heart's full of pride. I know you're haughty. I know you have an attitude. I know there's no reason, David. Why in the world would you think you could go out there and fight Goliath? I remember when I was going into ministry, I had family members actually say to me, what makes you think you're called? And so these family members were all ripping David up. They were bringing up his past. Oh, you're just a sheep boy. You're just a shepherd. They were bringing up his present. David, where are all those sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? Did you just leave them out in the field? David, why aren't you doing what you're supposed to be doing? David, where are you here? What are you here for? You're just here to see the battle. You just came down here to be nosy. You're just a little shepherd boy. There's no way that God can use you. There's no way that God could ever use you. You're the last one we would pick for the team. And David is there. And all these people are saying things to David. There's no way you could do anything for God. There's no possible way God could use you. But you see, David had something down on the inside of him. And David knew that he had something that everyone else had denied him. Because when everybody else said no, David had a yes from God. When everybody else said no, David had a yes from God. God said, that's the one I want. When everybody else said, David couldn't possibly be the one, God said, yes, that's the one I picked. That's the one I'm picking out from among the bunch. That's the one who I know will follow me. That is the man after my own heart. David already had a yes from God. David already had a go forth from God. Can I tell you, church, when you get a yes from God, when you get the 
before God and you get a yes from Him, let there be nothing that will stop you from doing what it is that God has called you to do. Don't let anything get in the way of what God is telling you. Because what happens when you get a yes from God? The devil will send all kinds of people. The devil will send all kinds of people. He'll even send your own family members to say, there's no possible way. There's no possible way you could do that. There's no possible way you could go into ministry. There's no possible way that you could open a business. There's no possible way. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. You don't have enough resources. The devil will send all kinds of people. But when you know down inside of you that God has given you a yes, you can go forward and say, God has already promised me what's about to happen. God has already shown me what's about to happen. He's not about to let me fall on my face because he's the one who spoke it to me. And when you have a yes down on the inside of you, you don't let anything stop you. You go ahead forward into what God is telling you to do. So David showed up on the battlefield. He said, what's going on here, guys? Knowing down inside of him that he already had a yes. Knowing down on the inside of him that God had already anointed him to be king. Knowing down on the inside of him that there were unfulfilled promises. And this is a big one. Because a lot of people forget that God has made you certain promises. He has made you certain promises about your life. He has made you certain promises about your health, about your prosperity. God has made you certain promises about your family and about your finances. God has made you certain promises. And if you'll begin to remember those promises, personally, I keep a book. I keep a binder full of things that God has spoken over me. And every time somebody gives me a personal prophecy, I've got prophecies clear back from pastor peoples in there. And every time the enemy tries to rear his head and say, no, you can't. I get out that book of prophecies and I get out that book of promises and declarations over my life. And I begin to read them and I begin to speak them. And when I begin to look at the promises and the prophecies that God has given me, it doesn't line up with what the devil's telling me. It doesn't line up with what the devil's speaking. It doesn't line up with the threats that he's putting out there. And what you need to do, church, even if you don't have a book of personal prophecies that people have spoken over you, can I tell you, you've got this. This is the, this is better than any personal prophecy. This is better than anything that you could pick up. Somebody might have told you. Some preacher might have told you. This is better than any of that. Because this will tell you everything that you need to know. And when you begin to look through this and you begin to see, does everything that everybody's telling me begin to line up with this or does it not? Because I know what this says and this is what's going to have the final say. I've already got the yes from God. And if everybody else is telling me no, I don't have to listen to any of it. See, church, we got to begin to get strong. We got to begin to get strong in the Word. We got to begin to get strong. We've got to look back into the past at what God has already done for us and how God has already brought us through. I said to someone the other day after seeing what God has done during this pandemic, we should never worry about anything financially again. 
We should never worry about anything financially again. And it's not because we got stimuluses and Biden bucks. It's not because of any of that. It is because God poured out His blessing on His children during this pandemic. And when we look around at how blessed we are right now, look at how blessed you are right now. There are a lot of us who are more blessed now than we were back before the pandemic. God has poured out into His children's lives. And I have seen miracles take place. And God, we've got to be begin to look back into the past at the miracles that God has given us. And we've got to begin to see where God has already come through for us. And we've got to begin to understand that we got a yes from God when the devil says no. And when everybody else is saying no. When we've got naysayers saying no. We've got a yes from God. And David began to do just that. David began to say, listen, when I was out with the sheep and the lion came along, I grabbed that lion with my bare hands. I grabbed that lion by the beard. And God was with me and he helped me kill it. And then when the bear came along, God helped me get a hold of that bear and kill that bear. And I remember, because I was there. You might not remember. You might not think it because you weren't there. But I was there, and I saw it with my own eyes. I saw it with my own eyes. And I know that God is able to deliver me. That lion and that bear were no match for my God. And this uncircumcised Philistine is no match for my God either. If I walk out onto that battlefield, before I ever set foot on that battlefield, that dead Goliath. He might as well already know that he's a goner. He might as well already know that he's dead. Because if I walk on that battlefield with my God on my side, if I walk out there and God is with me, there's nothing that can stop me. Church, if you walk out onto the battlefield and God is with you, there's nothing that can stop you. If you go into the battle and you know God is on your side, we get so timid and we get so afraid to do things. We get so scared to do things. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? What would you do if you knew that there was no way that you could lose? That every battle you walk into, you are a winner. If you knew that God was on your side, what would you take hold of? And what would you kill with your bare hands? Because He is. Because God is on your side. And there is nothing that can stop you when God is on your side. There is nothing that can stop you and stop your progress when God is on your side. Oh, it might look like it. It might look like there's a big scary giant out in the middle of the field yelling all sorts of things at you. And everybody else around you might be saying, there's no way that you can do that. There's no way that you can go fight him. There's no way you're just a little boy. You're, you're just a little red-haired, curly-haired boy. There's, there's, you're just a little pudgy boy. That, that you, there's no way. You, if he started chasing you, there's no way you could even outrun him. You know, David, you can't go out there and fight Goliath. But David said, I already got a yes from God. He's already on my side. He's already anointed me. He's already helped me kill the lion and the bear. And by his grace, I'm going to 
go out here and I'm going to destroy this giant. He looked at the men of Israel. He said, don't you be afraid any longer because this giant's a daughter. This giant is as good as gone. As soon as I walk out on this field, you don't have to worry about this giant anymore. Don't you be afraid any longer. And if anyone in Israel had had the thought, if any one of the Israeli army, because they were God's chosen people, if any one of them had had half an ounce of sense to know that God was on their side, I believe any one of them could have gone out there and killed that giant. But what the enemy does is he tries to make us think that God has left us, that we have nothing, that we have nothing to go on, that God is not with us. And if we go into that battle and we try to fight, we're going to be taken out. But let me tell you something here tonight, church. God is with you. God is with you. Whatever battle you're facing, God is with you. And you don't have to fear a thing. Just know that when you step out onto the battlefield, He's already there. And He's already given you His yes. He's already given you a yes in His word. He's already promised you that nothing's going to take you out. He's already promised you. How do I know? Because His word says it. His word says sickness will not come nigh my dwelling. His word tells me I have the power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. His word tells me that I don't have to fear anything. His word tells me he is with me always. He said I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And if we'll get that down on the inside of us church we'll be able to walk into any battle knowing that we already have a yes from God. Oh we already have a yes from God. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let anything deter you from what it is that God is laying on your heart to do. God's given you an idea. God's given you a dream and a vision. You go for it. And you know that God's already given you a yes. We should not be afraid of anything, church. I said we should not be afraid of anything. And over the past year, I have seen people get so afraid. People afraid in the body of Christ. And I'm not saying don't use wisdom. I'm not saying be stupid. I'm not saying any of that. If you go to reach into the oven for a hot pan, you use a potholder, don't you? You don't say, well, I have faith it's not going to burn me. Same concept. Don't get stupid. But know that the battles that we face are not there so that we should be afraid of them. The battles that we face are there so that we can be elevated to the next level in the kingdom. So that we can go glory to glory to glory. So that we can go to the next step. And you've got to go to a battle a lot of the time before you can get to your next level. You've got to go to a battle a lot of the time before you can get to the next area that God has for you to be in. But if you go afraid and you say there's no way I can go out there and face that giant. There's no way I can go out there and, and face him because he's 
he's too big and he's too mean and he's too scary and everybody else is afraid. I believe God's going to raise up some people out of this congregation who aren't going to be scared. And when everybody else is saying we should be afraid and we should run the other direction, you're going to say, no, no, no. I've already got a yes from God and I'm walking out on the battlefield. I've already got a yes from God and I'm going to war. I've already got a yes from God. You don't have to be afraid of anything. And don't let the naysayers, don't let the naysayers try to stop you. I said it before, sometimes the worst naysayers are the ones that are closest to you. Your family, your close friends, don't let the naysayers stop you. God has placed it on your heart. You need to go do it. If there's a battle you're facing, you need to go into it fighting. Because God has made you to be a warrior. God has made you to be a warrior. Somebody has been fighting and wondering if the giant's too big. But God has already given you a yes. You can do anything with God. You can do anything. You can fight any battle. God has spoken tonight and He wanted me to let you know that you've already got a yes from Him. He's already with you. If there's a battle you're facing, listen, it might not be some sort of great battle. It might might be something that is that we wouldn't even consider a battle. Maybe you feel like you're supposed to go get another degree. You already got a yes from God. He's with you. Maybe you feel like you're supposed to go start a business. God said he's with you. If it's a God idea, he's already with you. Maybe you feel like there's a generational setback. Something that has been passed down from generation to generation. Divorce. Alcoholism. Poverty. You fight that giant. You walk out on the battlefield because you've already got a yes from God. There are all sorts of battles. And I believe that we're all facing some sort of a battle. I was told by one of my Bible college professors, if you assume that 100% of the people you come into contact with is fighting some sort of battle, you'll be correct 100% of the time. Every single person is fighting some sort of a battle. But I want to let you know tonight, you've already got a yes from God. He's right there with you in the midst of the battle. And you're going to win because he's on your side. Because you're serving him. There are a lot of things that are going on and we've all faced different kinds of battles. We've all faced different things. But you need to get out your word. You need to see what God says. You need to look back at the past. And you need to see what God says. How he's brought you through already. 
how he's already shown you he has the power to do certain things. And you need to begin to draw strength from those things. It's a good thing to remember. It's a good thing to remember the faithfulness of God. It's a good thing to remember when you see him healed. It's a good thing to remember when you've seen him deliver. It's a good thing to go back over your own testimony sometimes. You've got a testimony. It's a good thing to go back over that and see how far you've come. You might not be where you want to be yet, but you sure aren't where you were. You might not be perfect, but you sure aren't where you were. And tonight I thank God that he uses the last ones that anybody would ever pick for the team. I thank God tonight. He, he uses the misfits and the outcasts and the ragamuffins. He uses the ones that don't look the part. He uses the ones that don't sound the part. He uses the ones with big ears and big noses and goofy voices. He uses the ones that nobody else would look at and say, that's the first person I'd pick. A lot of the time, God uses the last person that anyone would pick. And that's an encouragement. That's an encouragement to all of us. Because here we are in Little Hyman, Pennsylvania. Here we are in Little Hyman, Pennsylvania. And God is doing a great work here. And I never ever, I never ever from the bottom of my heart would have ever thought that God would ever pick me to use me. I was a little pudgy kid running around just trying not to get knocked out in dodgeball. I wasn't one of the all-stars. I still wouldn't consider myself an all-star in anything. I mess up pretty bad. I'm pretty goofy sometimes. But I thank God that those are the kind of people he picks. I thank God that he doesn't look for the ones that are all polished up. He doesn't look for just the Eliabs and the Abinadabs and the Shamas. He looks for the Davids who are out in the field with the sheep, who stink, who are a little dirty, and who nobody else would want on their team. And God says, that's my number one pick. That's my number one pick. Can I tell you tonight, you're God's number one pick. He wants to use you. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life, and he wants to use you in great and mighty ways. No matter what you look at, and think when, when you look at yourself in the mirror, no matter what anybody's told you about yourself, how, how you're disqualified because of this or because of that, God wants to use you. He's got so much in store for you in these last days. If you'll just step out onto the battlefield, if you just step out onto the battlefield, where is your battlefield? Battlefield might be your family. Battlefield might be your job, your school. Every one of us has got a battlefield we go to. Every one of us has got naysayers and haters. You think you've got haters? Listen, we've all got haters. We've all got people telling us why we shouldn't, why we're not a good candidate. We've all got people telling us, I think for probably every good comment we get on social media, we get about five or six bad ones. People telling us we're nuts. 
people telling us we're crazy, cursing us out. But you know what? The fact that you have haters is a great thing. The fact that you have people who are telling you that you can't make it is a great thing. Because that tells me we got the devil riled up. We got the devil mad. If you've got haters, people telling you not to go forward for the Lord, that means that the devil's trying to hold you back because he knows you've already got a yes from God. Sometimes the devil knows we got a yes from God before we know that we've got a yes from God. So be encouraged tonight and don't give in to what the enemy is telling you about yourself. Hallelujah. Can we bow our heads and pray tonight? Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you tonight. God, you have made us certain promises in your word. God, you've made us certain promises. God, as we've listened to messages, as we've listened to songs, you've made us certain promises. And God, a lot of the time, we come up against these giants. And we hear all sorts of things that are contrary to what you've already spoken. That are contrary to what you've already told us about our lives and about how we'll win the battle. But God, I pray that we would begin to go back. And we would begin to look in your word. And we would begin to remember what you've already done for us. How you've already brought us through the lion. And how you've already brought us through the bear. And we would see God. That you've not left us for one second. But God, you've already prepared us to win. Because God, you have sent us forth. So God, right now I pray for courage and boldness for your children. I pray, God, that they would have a strength come upon them and upon their lives. God, that they would realize that with you, they can go into any battle. They can go up against any enemy. And they will see the victory because, God, you are with them. God, I pray right now that they would rise above everything that the naysayers and the enemy and the haters are saying and God that they would hear your voice and hear your voice alone as your voice is telling them yes you can do it I'm with you I am with you I am fighting this battle for you as you're telling them don't listen to the enemy's lies don't listen to the enemy's threats as you're telling them this battle already has been won you are already the victor. God, I pray today that we would have a paradigm shift, that we would have a shift in our thinking, and that we would begin to see where you've already brought us through, and God, how you're going to bring us through every single battle we face from here on out. Lord, I pray for strength, that your children would grow in it. That we would grow in strength. That we would become mature. That our maturity level would rise. Because God, we cannot be babies in this season and in these last days. But God, we must grow and we must develop God in our maturity. So that God, we don't go running or just stand around when the giants are standing in the field yelling at us. God, help us to see into the Spirit the battles are already won. 
in Jesus' name. And I want to ask the question of everyone here. Are you saved? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because if you don't, there's no better decision that you can make than to accept Jesus as your Savior. And there's no worse decision that you can make than to reject Him. The Bible tells us of the days that are out ahead of us. It tells us of dark days here on the earth. It tells us of times that are coming when men's hearts will fail them for fear. And the only way to be spared from that wrath, the only way to be saved is to have Jesus Christ in your heart. So I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you want to accept Jesus Christ or you want to rededicate your life to Him, I want you to pray this prayer along with me. Just say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I confess that I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again. I believe His blood has the power to cover all sin. So wash me today in the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live for you. I renounce sin and the devil and the ways of this world. And I choose from this day forward to walk with you. Thank you for making me your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah, church. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer, I'd love to talk with you tonight before you go. This has been a great day in the Lord. We've seen him do some great and mighty things. I believe he's spoken to us. And I believe that the best days for the church are right out ahead of us. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Caleb Schaefer podcast. If you would like to connect with Caleb, you can do so on Facebook at Caleb Schaefer Ministry, on Instagram at Caleb underscore Schaefer, or by visiting www.calebschafer.com. If you have been encouraged, please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Once again, we appreciate you listening to today's episode and may God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.